Welcome to Islamic Life Coach School Podcast. Apply tools that you learn in this podcast and your life will be unrecognizably successful. Now your host, Dr. Kamal Akhtar. Hello, hello, hello everyone. Peace and blessings be upon all of you. In the realm of parenting, it is essential to understand that pain is not necessarily a negative experience. Let's also consider that discipline is not synonymous with punishment. Today's podcast has to do with how we can parent our children more consciously, keeping in mind that we are in the month of Ramadan. In this month, we follow the strict guidelines of permissible actions. We restrict ourselves from eating and other pleasurable activities, and we teach our children to do the same. Kids coming to age are taught ways to overcome these base desires. This process is initially painful, and nowhere does it say that this is supposed to be easy to learn which is why the reward for the prescribed actions in this month is so high. It is painful, but we do it, and we teach our kids to do it. As parents, it's our responsibility to have a dogmatic approach to the fundamental principles of Islam and to educate our children accordingly. This unwavering adherence to these beliefs will ensure that our children grow up to be strong and resilient individuals, capable of withstanding any challenge they face. Notice it doesn't mean that we can save them from pain. This type of disciplining means that we teach them to take control over their pain. And we teach them how to deal with the pain. Let's remember that human beings are designed to withstand pain. Human brains are designed to create pain. When I talk about life being 50-50, I am mostly talking about the circumstances. So the algorithm that I teach you guys, C-NEAR, C is for circumstances, N is for nervous system, E for emotions, A for actions, and R for results. The circumstances in our life are always 50-50. Life will present itself with good and the bad in the exact same ratio. But the same ratio exists within the human being's nervous system, which means people will create 50% negative thoughts and 50% positive thoughts about their circumstances. That's the nature of our minds. That's how we are created. That's why a blissful marriage in one minute looks like a trap the next minute. That's why a child that seems like an angel one minute seems completely possessed the next. That's why our dream job at one point seems like a hustle. Our frame of reference is always working with a 50-50 ratio. So if you work to eliminate all discomfort from a child who has a human brain, it will get to work on creating pain from whatever it has in front of it. That includes creating pain from the luxuries you provide. It will make wealth and comfort in a source of pain. And the child can become spoiled. It can create siblings into a source of pain. And the child will become aggressive. It will create parents into a source of pain. And the child will become defiant, belligerent, ungrateful. If you eliminate all of the pain from your children's life, then they will create pain in places where you didn't think was possible. Their brain may very well end up making you the source of the pain. And when I say pain, I mean different difficult emotions. Like they can create anxiety, sadness, discomfort, upset, frustration, disappointment, and the like. The brain has to create these emotions because without them, it cannot interpret happiness, joy, and peace. So as disappointing as it may sound, your work as a parent is not to eliminate all the pain from their lives which is impossible to begin with. Your work as a parent is to show them how to deal with the pain. 
And for that, you have to be on your own way to understanding yourself as a human. You have to start your own work before you can show up as a parent who can accept your kids in their low points. That's where conscious parenting comes in. Every human being is created pure, on fitra, and is 100% worthy, especially children. And it will suit us to remember this during challenging moments when they throw their plate across the dining room because we mash their potatoes rather than serving them as french fries. So you cannot save your children from pain because the nervous system is programmed to create pain 50% of the time. Their pain is not being created by you, it's being created by their own nervous system, by their thoughts, by their humanness. And you cannot strip them of their humanness, no matter how much you love them, no matter how much you want to protect them. When we have to enforce consequences that we think are about their detrimental actions, we become very restricted in our enforcement of these consequences. Because we're afraid of the discomfort we will feel, and we're afraid of the discomfort the child will feel. Thoughts like, I cannot take my child's electronics away because they'll get angry. Of course they will get angry. Of course they will go through withdrawals. Even that will be painful. But that is the pain you want to let them experience if you want to save them from the pain they will suffer if they're constantly living the life of immediate gratification through video gaming. They will have to learn at some point that delayed gratification is the road to success, and delayed gratification is not comfortable. This is the functional type of pain. And if you haven't heard the podcast about functional pain, please do so. That's podcast number 115, and the name is Freedom from Emotional Pain. It's a life-changing concept, and it will change your relationship with your child. You have to grow comfortable with the discomfort when you see your child in pain. If you are enforcing rules that you think are good for them and they don't agree, you can't back down on enforcing these rules just because they're having a temper tantrum. This is the most loving thing you can do for them in that moment. They can't have juice or soda for a drink. You know there's too much sugar. You know they act hyper after they have it. You know there's long-term health consequences for them consuming so much sugar. But you're having a hard time keeping them from having all this sugar because they throw themselves on the ground. They yell, they scream, they make a scene in public. And you become uncomfortable thinking about this scenario in front of your social circles, even strangers. You think that at this point, the easy way out that relieves you from this discomfort and the embarrassment is to just give in to your child's wishes. Gentle parenting is not about keeping your kids comfortable all the time. They need the functional pain to grow against. If they don't have that, they will create their own pain in other ways. Because that's how we are designed as human beings. We are designed to grow against an obstacle. If you take all the obstacles away, they will create their own obstacles. So on face value, it seems like it's bad news that you can't save your children from pain. But actually, the good news is that you don't have to. You just have to teach them how to be okay with discomfort, distress, anxiety, rejection, disappointment, failure. There's absolutely no need for physical punishment. There's no need of deprivation of love and affection from your child. This type of punishment causes pain similar to the amount of physical trauma. Same for social isolation like timeouts. So enforcement of rules only requires for you to be in a space of love for your child. And it requires for you to be persistent. 
At this point, I want to address a few questions that I got from you guys. And one sister wrote, Assalamu alaikum. I'm a Muslim mother of two teenagers and I'm feeling extremely frustrated and desperate. I've been struggling to get my kids to reduce their electronics time and focus more on their studies. Despite my efforts, they seem addicted to their gadgets and keep spending hours on end scrolling through social media or playing video games. I'm worried about their academic performance. What can I do to help my teenagers reduce their electronics time and prioritize their well-being without causing more conflict and resistance? Thank you so much for your question, first of all. And if you've listened so far, the story as it might be unfolding so far in your household is that you set limits, they resist, and then you relax on your limits because you don't want to see them angry. You don't like it when they retaliate. Again, the discomfort they're feeling is not detrimental to them. And who says that conflicts in relationship is not going to happen? That in itself can be repaired and contribute to a healthy relationship. When your rule setting makes them upset, you just stand your ground from a place of love for them, reminding yourself over and over again why you're doing this. You're doing this because of love, because you want them to be successful, because you want their well-being. In the beginning, this is going to be hard to remember in the moment. But it has to be done. You have to stay strong in your reasons behind your actions. You have to approach them from positive emotions. If you get angry, if you start judging them, if you get fearful of their future, they will sense that and it will make it harder for you to enforce these rules. So stay strong in the feelings of love, acceptance, respect, empathy. Another question I got is, Hi there. I remarried to provide my kids with a father figure. But I'm feeling super frustrated because my husband and I seem to have totally different parenting styles. I'm all about rules and structure while he's pretty laxed. It's causing confusion and argument between us and the kids. And I'm worried about how it's affecting their upbringing. How can I talk to my husband about this and find a way to get on the same page with parenting? So this one's interesting because married ones are remarried. This comes up very frequently among couples. How to get the other parent on the same page as you. So my dear sister, what others do is not in your control. I know every parenting guru will tell you that don't disagree in front of your kids. But frankly, you can request. You can justify your way of thinking. You can tell him I've read this many parenting books. You can tell your husband how you want him to act. But the truth is, he still has the freedom to parent the way he sees fit. A few things I can offer you though. One, maybe his way of parenting is not wrong. It's just another way. It depends on what level of parenting you're willing to be comfortable with. Like for me, I would not allow corporal punishment as a method of disciplining. And alhamdulillah, my husband doesn't believe in it either. But you might have another limit that you are or are not willing to be flexible on. But I would offer that if you're labeling his way of parenting to be wrong, your brain will never come around to seeing how his way could benefit the kids. So allow for the possibility that his way of parenting is maybe what the child needs. Open yourself up to what could be good in this. Maybe you'll start to see that whatever he brings to the table could be exactly what your child needs. And I'm not asking you to universally agree with his actions as acceptable. I'm just asking to see if there's a possibility that his actions can be okay. And if you do disagree with him, you can make a request. And when you make a request of him, do it through the energy of acceptance. He will be more likely to accept your method of parenting 
still not a guarantee because he always has the right to practice his free will, but it will be a higher possibility that he will listen to you and consider your point of view if you're not coming from a criticism energy. I want to mention, behind my actionable strategies, you guys will always find a way to change your mindset and feelings. All actions come from your thoughts and emotions. And if you don't have your heart in a clean energy, then most of your actions and requests will end up being rejected. And how is it exactly that you clean up your emotional energy? And that's through your thoughts. Because your thinking causes your emotions. So the second point in the same question that I want to make has to do with involving the kids in your parenting style. When you are strict about screen time, about how they can interact with the opposite gender, or when their curfew is, when all of this is being requested of the kids, you can tell them why you're doing it. And you can break it down according to their age. You can tell them that dad does it this way and mom does it the other way. You can include them in a conversation. And the thoughts and the feelings that you will have to practice behind this action item will be something like, I'm helping my kids understand how different people deal with their values differently. I'm honoring my husband as a human being with his autonomy. I'm giving my family the respect that every individual deserves. And at a deeper level, I want to challenge you here. And this is not something that you asked directly. But when you said, I remarried to provide my children a father figure, it brings expectations to a relationship expectations that he seems to not be fulfilling according to your definition. And I want to broaden your reasons behind why you got remarried. Because right now, your brain is creating a problem with his behavior and presenting to you that he's not fitting the mold of why you married him. Just be curious about this black and white, compartmentalized thinking. Is it true that you married him for this reason? Could any other reason be also true? Okay, so thank you so much for writing in these questions. And if you guys have other questions, please email them at islamiclifecoachschool at gmail.com. So the major part of conscious parenting is recognizing your own needs every day. What are your needs for the day? If you don't recognize where you're lacking in your own self-love, you can't fulfill it for others. If you don't recognize what you need that day, you can't fulfill it for others. And when you don't provide yourself with support, you're going to end up dumping your problems on your child. And your brain is going to label it as they are misbehaving. When your energy going into an interaction is not clean, when your heart is filled with frustration, anger, disappointment, hurt, or even fear of the future, and if you don't recognize these emotions, you're not going to be able to parent successfully. If you don't parent yourself before you start interacting with your child, then you will inevitably blame them for your distress. Remember, you are the parent. Your top most priority should be to parent yourself from a place of love. Ask yourself, what do I need today? Why am I feeling dysregulated? How can I lay my fears, my doubts to rest? How can I care for myself before I start to care for my child? Parental unconsciousness is a type of a state of ghafla. It's costing your kids their childhood. What you say to them because you have not tended to your own tender parts becomes their internal dialogue. Children do not have the mental capacity to create their own mental dialogue. They rely on adults in their life to tell them what they are worth and how much they are worth and how lovable they are. And a slightest lack in this messaging becomes a lifetime narrative for them. 
unless they grow up to be adults that strive to move away from that internal dialogue, and again, that is their responsibility as an adult, but it is our responsibility as their parents now to give them a solid foundation so they don't end up doing this work out of the lack of sense of self-worth. But instead, they do this internal work as an adult to make progress, to break glass ceilings, to grow and to thrive. And don't worry if you've lived an unconscious life up until now without the understanding that you are the point of control here. Any inadvertent damage your kids might have suffered is not irreversible. Remember, they cannot live a pain-free life. The last thing I want to address today has to do with the balance of autonomy. The permanence of authority as a parent believing what I say goes. This is an extreme of a paradigm and we have to shift away from it. But at the same token, we also cannot give our kids too much independence and autonomy that they become their own sole decision makers. So if you're attempting to save your children from the pain of disciplining, you're foregoing the most important opportunity of growth. Growth of them learning how to deal with their discomfort under your supervision. Of course, don't turn anything and everything into a rule. But if you consciously decide what is non-negotiable in your house, then enforcing that will most likely come at a price of your child's discomfort. And all you have to do in that case is have your intentions and your feelings clean. Constantly check with yourself. Who are you being when you enforce these rules? Are you letting them walk all over you? Are you walking all over them? And constantly redirecting your qalb, your beingness, towards openness, love, compassion, growth, humility, respect, empathy, gratitude, kindness, self-love, or whatever is available for you in that moment. Direct your internal environment towards open emotions through your conscious mind in the most difficult parenting moments. That's how you create conscious parenting. There are so many terms floating around these days about how to parent, gentle parenting, firm parenting, conscious parenting, and hopefully with this podcast, you have a better understanding of how you can create all of that for yourself. A firm parent does not mean an angry parent. Firm parenting is about not laxing on your non-negotiables. An hour of screen time means exactly that. Gentle parenting is about enforcing these rules from a place of love and respect. Conscious parenting is about understanding your reasons behind the rules you chose and really, really liking those reasons. Withholding privileges, but not withholding love. That is a growing human's basic need. Withholding care and love from them will turn into long-term internal dialogue of low self-worth and low self-esteem. Pain of discipline will not turn into that especially when that discipline is done from a place of love under your supervision. Alhamdulillah, I've seen that we have so much love for our kids. What that loving discipline looks like is for you to decide. With that, I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the most merciful, the most compassionate. Oh Allah, bless me and all of us with the qualities of love, gentleness, and firmness in our role as a parent. Help us to be patient and kind with our children, just like the Prophet, peace be upon him. Guide our children towards their wisdom and deep understanding. Grant me and all of us the strength to be firm when needed, yet gentle in our approach, and to nurture our children in a way that is pleasing to you, O Allah. 
May we all be the source of comfort, security, and love for our children. And may they grow up to be righteous and successful in this life and the hereafter. O Allah, bless all Muslim women who are striving to be good mothers and guide us all in your path of righteousness. Ameen Ya Rabbul Alameen. Please keep me in your du'as. I will talk to you guys next time. Hey, are you thinking about coaching? I invite you to a complimentary consultation with me where I can help you define the solution to your problem, regardless if you choose to work with me in the Empowered Muslim Women program or not. So you really have nothing to lose. Access the appointment link through the show notes and inshallah, I will see you there.